This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Don't forget to take that selfie while you're running with the bulls. Brothers who fight more than your kids do. Russian Orthodox Church blesses nuclear warheads. Big Jeff Pfeffer's heifer Heather left a leather sweater. <laughs> Rick's brush with celebrity Dennis D. Young. And we interview Paul Calderon, who has Pulp Fiction and Boardwalk Walking Empire Dead. and many other Big shows. Uh, all that in Unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia, Minutia Men, Men with Rick and Dave. Are you singing? I think it's more of a a yodel. Uh, I yeah, think it was. That's that's sweet. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, you know, I got a pretty good. You because do. we can't sing on the radio network. No, the radio, we can't. Uh, the radio yeah. misfits podcast. Unless it's a uh, uh, self- public domain or, or something you've written yourself. You know what? I think I'm going to start doing that. You know, I wrote a song when I was eight. Would you like to hear it? Sure. I found a four leaf clover on the Fourth of July. Thank you very much. <laughs> really? Yes. So how did? I mean, yeah. was this for a? Was it just spontaneous improv? I mean, what were you? Spontaneous. I just, I just remember it, uh, and uh, you know, every Fourth of July, it goes through my head. That was fan- that was one of the best songs I've ever heard in my entire yeah. life. Yeah, in nineteen thirty-eight, that would have been a huge <laughs> hit. <laughs> and no, I was not eight in nineteen thirty-eight. I'm not that old. Um, well, I didn't. And this is a side of you that I did just know. You're a composer. Well, I'm like a, Wagner. Really, I, I'm just a creative genius in any way. So you know. Speaking of creative geniuses, you yeah. were on yesterday. You were like Shecky Green with that microphone at Chet Kopik. Well, thank uh, you. Last night we had a special tribute to Chet Kopik. Uh, actually, Jim O'Donnell and the Arlington Heights Library uh, ran it, and I thought he did a great job. Oh, yeah. uh, Cheryl Ray Stout was there from NPR, right? Um, also, Dan Jiggets, the former f- Chicago Bear, and also uh, former broadcaster. Mm-hmm. I think he actually is still doing it somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I don't know, but it, his daughter is a big star oh, yeah. now, yeah. Lauren Jiggets. Um, but you know, he's they were all very nice. Uh, we met Dave Corzine, uh, former Chicago Bull. I think the first seven footer I have ever met. Probably. Yeah, there's. I actually had a picture taken with him. Right. Uh, well, I had to take it, so I had to go yeah. on like one knee to make sure that you were like uh, Alan Ladd. Wasn't Alan Ladd really short? Uh, yeah, I've never felt shorter. I'm not that short. I'm five ten. I'm right. like no, a normal height. Right. right. But he is next not. to him, right. holy right. crap! Yeah. So if you look on our Facebook page, or you you want to tweet it. With, sure. Uh, yeah. Sure. T- tweet the picture of sure. uh, the ridiculousness <laughs> of Dave Corzine. But no, that story you told was just. All right, should I tell it again? T- sure. Okay. Sure. All right. So here, they everyone is coming up and telling Chet Kopic stories. This was my Chet Kopic. And story. for people that don't know who Chet Kopic is, he was probably he's he is pretty much regarded as the godfather of sports radio. Yes. Uh, big star here in Chicago. And and he and national. I mean, Chicago, New York, and yep. Uh, Yep, he wrote a book for us, uh, Eckhart's Press, um, and unfortunately, he passed away in April. Right, and Chet was uh, a buddy of ours. We we loved the guy. Uh, we miss him, and we were thrilled to be part of this uh, tribute to him mm-hmm. last night. Anyway, so they asked me to come up and tell a story about Chet because I've known him since the '80s. We worked together at the Loop back in the late '80s, mm-hmm. early '90s, and this is the story. 
uh, the, we used to have a machine in the in the studio when I was Stephen Gary's producer that would make a chip make your voice sound like a chipmunk. He would do characters. Steve did character voices. Just wacky. Yeah, just wacky. Just wacky. wacky. Well, one time he thought it'd be funny if Chet came in because Chet used Chet was on after us every night, and Chet would come on and, and he promote the, the show. Right, he, was, he had the typical "Oh, you're doing everybody sportscastery cadence." Yeah. He was very much a uh, you know broadcasty guy. He was like the Ron Burgundy of sports. Right, that's that's good. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he'd yeah, come yeah. in right. and he'd, he'd say, our Ted, top story. Uh, we uh, go live or, too, uh, you know. Um, Ted Knight. Yes, uh, yeah, Ted Mar- Baxter. Ted Baxter for Mary. Yes, right. that's that's what Chet right. was, except f- for sports. And so, you know, he was never really joking around. It was very, you know. Right. So he'd come into uh, <laughs> into the studio, and Steve set the microphone on chipmunk level. <laughs> now, Chet also was very vain, <laughs> and so he wouldn't put on his headphones because it would mess up his hair. Because it's radio, and it's real important <laughs> to have good hair. Like I said, he was like a Ron Burgundy <laughs> yeah, type. Yeah. And so he came in. One time to promote what was going on, uh, and Steve had it said on the chipmunk voice, and Chet came in there. How you doing, everybody? <laughs> hey, why is everybody laughing? No, hey, what's going on? Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> and so that was my story. Yeah, that's right. Um, and you know, I had a story which I didn't get a chance to to tell either. Um, so, you know, the twins had their benot mitzvah in April. Right. right? I mean. And Benot Mitzvah, for those of you keeping track at that's home. A du- that's a duel. That's, that's two of yes. them. Right. 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 Uh, and it's really the only time having twins is in your favor financially. Because yeah. you really only have to want, have buy. It's like a jupon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Benot Mitzvahs are jupons. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I invited Chet to the Benot Mitzvah. Yeah. So this is, I don't know, end of February, right. early March. And uh, he calls me, and he used to he used to always call me Big Daddy. Yeah, he goes Big Daddy, <laughs> probably because he couldn't remember your name. <laughs> Possibly, he called me Chief. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Chief, hey Sport. <laughs> so he calls me up, and he goes Big Daddy. And I'm like, Hey, hey, Chad, how you doing? I love your people. <laughs> I'm like, well, well, Chad, that's nice. Thank you. That, you know what, what? You know, he obviously had gotten the invitation, uh, and and he starts going into all the things he loves about the Jews. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, oh, I love your people, your food. Oh, my God, your food. And then he started to read. And if you knew Chet, he could just extemporaneously talk oh, for yeah. four minutes. Right. And, you know, to this day, and I'm never going to know if he had a deli menu in front of him. I have no idea. But he just started reading. I love the brisket. Brisket on a Kaiser. You know, and he, then he started going into. Pastrami. Uh, <laughs> I, I love corned beef sandwiches. <laughs> right, I, I'll have a Reuben. Right. You know. yeah, yeah. You just went this whole, you know, this whole thing. And then he pauses and he goes, and what about those Jewish, Jewish athletes? You know. And he goes, Sid Luckman, right? Ryan Broad. And then there was a pause because even Chet Coppock couldn't think of a third <laughs> Jewish athlete, you know? And then he just, uh, and, uh, but, you know, it was really, really nice. He was calling me to say he couldn't make it. That is. And you know why he couldn't make it is he was going on a trip. Oh, right, to South Carolina, which is where he died. Yeah, yeah. Where he had the car accident and passed away. Yeah. But, well, but, you know what? Uh, we miss him. Um, and we thank the Arlington Heights Library for paying tribute to him last night. And now we have to do our own show. So oh. it's time for some minutiae. You got some? Uh, generally, I don't like making fun of people that have, get seriously hurt. <laughs> and it's, and it's, but you're willing to make an well, exception. Well, and it's not because I'm a good person. or No, I, just, I don't think anybody was thinking that. I just don't want the universe to settle the score with me. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I don't want the karma train to come sure. into port. However, every once in a while, I come across a story that I'm willing to 
roll the karma dice. Like a Darwin-esque sort of story. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Uh, headline, man gourd taking selfie during running of the bulls in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, oh. <laughs> <laughs> California man was brutally gored during the running of the bulls in Pamplona. After he disobeyed rules prohibiting filming or taking pictures during the annual event. <laughs> Jamie Alvarez, or it could be Jaime. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, speaking of what we just talked about with Chet. A public defender in San Francisco remains in serious condition after more than two hours of surgery. Oh, so he survived. Yeah. After completing the 850 meter run through the streets yeah. where the bulls are, Alvarez, 46, believed it was safe to take a selfie video. Oh, boy. But a bull unexpectedly charged at him, stabbing its horn into the right side of his neck. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, uh, <laughs> I love now, have we, do we have this image captured forever because he was taking a selfie? Uh, you know, I did not look, but I wouldn't be surprised. I'm sure if you went on YouTube and you searched running of the bull's gore. Yeah, you'll find it. You'll find, or you'll right. find somebody else, which yeah. would be equally, equally as delicious. Right. Um, I love this quote for him, though, from him. The joy and excitement of being in the bull ring quickly turned into a scare, into real fear for my life, Alvarez told the AP. In the course of a few seconds, a million thoughts came to my mind, and that of dying was definitely one of them. Mm. Now, I wonder if one of those million thoughts was, holy crap, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, why, why did I do this? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, there's, I, I did this on purpose. I voluntarily oh, I know, had I know. bulls chasing me. I know. And um, so... Again, you know what? You're an idiot. You know, my favorite part of the story is it was do taking a selfie. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. You get through this thing, you survive, and then all of a sudden it's, hey, I got to make sure all my Facebook friends know that I'm Have you this. ever seen that, you know, it's one of those uh, promoted uh, things on Twitter, um, last second selfies. like Oh, before people croak? Yeah. Yeah. Like they're dangling over the side yes. of the Grand Canyon or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean. Right. You know, you can't really feel sorry for that. <laughs> no. You no. can't. Right. You're risking like, your life for a great status update. You're a moron. Update. Yeah, yeah. No. I, I, there was one I saw at uh, Niagara Falls. <laughs> like, they're standing in the waters right past the sign that says, don't stand in the waters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> taking a picture of themselves. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, they've, they've got it coming to them. Yeah, exactly. All right. I've got a story that takes place in Florida. So I think I need to play this. What's wrong with you, Florida? Although in this case, it just happened in Florida. It didn't happen to people from Florida. Well, I think it can so, apply. Okay, well, here we go. It's this our show. It. We can do what we want. We can Crestview, Florida, uh, Associated Press. Florida authorities say a 13-year-old Tennessee boy charged with stabbing his brother <laughs> told investigators he'd rather go to jail than to spend eight hours in the car with his brother. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I've I've gone on long car rides with my children. I'm on the kid's side. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Deputies with the Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office arrested the boy Saturday, charged him with aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. Uh, they say he stabbed his 15-year-old brother in the arm three times with a pocket knife. <laughs> so it's was, not just It's one, two, three. As he was being questioned about the incident. So now he's a 13-year-old right. stabbing the 15-year-old, right? Sure. right? As he was being questioned, he said he understood his rights. He didn't regret stabbing his brother. No, I do not regret it. <laughs> I hereby revoke my rights. Yeah, right. Exactly. Where's the nearest? Yeah. Where can I get locked up? And he literally said, I'd rather be in jail than eight hours in the car with my brother. 
And they, the boys are, by the way, live in Clarksville, Tennessee, which is northwest of Nashville. Now, I will say this. Yeah. As a father of three boys. Sure. I totally believe this story. <laughs> and it is... And I... I have been very close to have this happening to to me. It's true. A number of times. Oh, I know. My friends will watch my two youngest sons, Tommy or Johnny and Sean, go at it, and they they they'll pull me aside sometimes and go, "I think he's going to kill that yeah, one. He's right. going to kill that yeah. one." And you're like, "Me, you know, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, that's just going to make him tougher." He's <laughs> yeah, gonna, right, right. I, I tell you a story. There are times, however, when I just break down. And I'm like, you know, I can't take the fighting anymore. So you're like a hockey referee until a concussion or something, or I mean, well, you let them I mean, fight there, for there a are while? just times when it just, you know, give it up to, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, it's sure. like, just shut up, <laughs> you know, because it's always screaming, yeah. crashing, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, right, sure, terrible noise. I yeah. I remember one time I was doing an interview, uh, for promoting one of my books. And I sent the kids downstairs, and all of a sudden they hear these crashing noises. <laughs> and I'm in the middle of this interview, so With Tom I can't Brokaw. I can't put down the phone and right. scream down. Hey, you! I'm coming down there, and I'm gonna kill well, you if you don't kill him first. I'm gonna kill you. Well, you know they said, okay, all right, let's not fight now. But Dad's doing a thing on CNN. We'll do it right. then, and yeah. he can't come up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of what it was like. But that's not even my story. So one time we we were at a restaurant. And it's always worse when it's in public and people look at you. I hate and, taking my kids yeah. to restaurants. Just and, absolutely hate and, it. And I think that at the time they were, let's say, 10 and 5 uh-huh. or something like that. All right. And it got into another fight at the re- uh, restaurant. And I just made a, a deal. Yeah. Well, you know, my in my head, I just said, all right, I'll tell you what. Uh, if you guys stop fighting, I'm going to give you 50 bucks yeah. cash. Yeah. And Bridge is like, you can't. You can't. You don't have a PO signed on that right one. there. You can't just bribe them. I said, "Oh, yes, I can." I'll tell you something else. If you can go a week without fighting, I'll give you a thousand dollars. Really? Wow. Yeah. And they were like, "Oh!" And then I could see like the right. cash registers in well, their eyes. Their pupils became yeah. the dollar yeah. signs, like a cartoon character. And I'll tell you something else. If oh. you can go a year, yeah. I will give you ten thousand dollars, <laughs> and, and I will make a golden calf. <laughs> Like they do in the movie Ten, uh, the Ten, Ten Commandments, yeah. and I will ride you down to uh, to Disney World in that golden calf, and we will eat Chuck E. Cheese every day, and I will have doves hand deliver the ten thousand dollars one dollar at a time to you. Five white horses will draw a carriage to you for going to school, and, and they looked at me, and yeah. they both, yeah, they are like, "All right, yeah. this is it. We're gonna right." We're, you know, how do you ride a calf? You know, they're like <laughs> yeah, planning right, the right, right. And they did make it out of the restaurant. Okay, good. But so they uh, got the fifty bucks. Uh, uh, no. Oh wait, what was the fifty bucks? The fifty bucks was they had to go twenty four hours. Oh, okay, yeah. twenty four hours. Okay, uh, and they didn't. Okay. They didn't make it twenty four hours because the next morning there was swimming lessons and they could only find one set of goggles <laughs> and it was like a knockdown drag out and. That's it. Yeah. I mean, they had a chance. Right. At, 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 at riches. <laughs> at golden calves and riches beyond their wild. You know how many Nintendo Switches you could buy with 10 grand? Uh, well, my twins once, I remember. Now, they're girls, so. Not it's a quite little, as violent. Yeah, but, you know. Um, so this was the, I don't know, they were about seven maybe. And they both had colds. Like, pretty bad colds. So this runs in the family. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. They got their mucus from dad. And, um. We had one vaporizer. 
Okay. This is such a Dave Stern story. <laughs> so, so we had a vaporizer and we only had one and there was two of them in the room, right? So it was placed, I think, closer to, I don't remember if it was Aaron or Julia that the vaporizer was close to. So Julia... Or the one that was getting screwed out of the vapor would come and move the, you know, move it closer to her, you know, and then this happened throughout the entire night. And finally, I just hear the vaporizer fall down and they're just kicking the crap out of each other because they, they were and they're wheezing <laughs> because oh they, they wanted God. they wanted more of the vape. That to me is the most Dave Stern story I've ever heard in my life. Uh, hey, uh, you know, Rick. Yeah. You want to hear more Dave Stern stories or more okay. Rick Kempfer stories and check topic sure. stories and celebrity yeah. stories and speaking of celebrities yeah we got ourselves a great interview coming tonight today oh yes we haven't even mentioned no, that yet go on who, uh, who we got paul calderon mm -hmm. who uh is you've seen him in uh, hundreds of times probably yes. he was in the movie pulp fiction right. he was the bartender in that mm -hmm. he was in the series boardwalk empire those are my two favorite things the walking but dead or walking, he, walking he dead. Is the walking dead he was in madam secretary right. uh he, Bosh, you know uh, you you name it. He's he's done. He's got over a hundred credits to his name. Uh, so and we're going to talk to him about Quentin Tarantino and Pulp Fiction and uh, his career. Yeah. Uh, but you know, next week we're probably going to have another celebrity, and the week after that, and the week after that. Yes, that's right. And you know, you probably should subscribe to the podcast. Well, otherwise you're not going to hear those. Interviews. Absolutely. Yeah. And you could do that on iTunes, Spotify. Right. Uh, well, actually, you know what? It's not iTunes anymore. Ooh, it's Apple Podcasts. Yes, it's Apple Podcasts, kind of right. That That's one. okay. That's uh, all right. Google Play, yeah. um, uh, iHeartRadio. And, of course, I had the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Where there's a lot of great shows. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, Opie Shows Productions, which is Tony Lasano. You know, um, when do you think Tony's going to get too big for us? Well, he wants us to record uh, some stuff uh, for him, so, you know. So he still wants something from us. And yeah, then, I think okay. he'll be nice to us until um, until he realizes he doesn't need us yeah, anymore. Which is probably right. uh, but one of his shows is uh, featuring one of our buddies, Mark Vernon. Mm -hmm. Car uh, guy. Yeah. Big car guy. So uh, check out that show. Uh, the it's Car Guys. The, uh, the Car Guys. Um, and that is an Opie Shows production on the Radio mm -hmm. Misfits Podcast Network. Hey, Tony does a great job. He does. Thank you, Tony. Uh, I got another... Thing. Well, please another, tell me another story. Yes, um, you know, I'm, I was trying to think of a pithy intro. You know, I'm just going to read the headline. Just okay. read it. Just read it. Russian Orthodox Church considers a ban on blessing weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> They're just considering it. It's on the right. table. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's, in it. it's in committee. It could take six right. to nine I mean, months. What if the What if you know somebody says something mad about bad about the Russians? Right. What are you going to not bless it? <laughs> not bless the uh, S four hundred surface to air missile or the nuclear sub I mean, or the tank fighter jet? What, what if somebody really wants to shoot down a charter plane? Yeah. Right. Exactly. You, you got to make sure that you know yeah. Jesus is on your side. <laughs> Several years ago, a priest in Russia's Far East explained that weapons, including nuclear missiles, were perceived as a means of protection and salvation and should be wow. blessed. Wow. So, but it's now getting a little dicey. They're yeah. beginning to say, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't be blessing this thing that could take out, you know, Do you ever Des think that there's like a, uh, like a moment of clarity, like, you know, oh, well, wait a minute. We're the bad guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> like uh, praying on the battlefield. Dear Lord, please let me kill these bastards before they kill me. Your pal, Nazi hunts. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Right. Well, well, and like you would like, and this is not quite the same, but 
when you pray for your sports team to win. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're just assuming that... The God is on your side. side. And and let's be honest, as far as Cub fans go... Yeah. He, he made it pretty clear for 100 plus years he was not a, big, not a fan not a big cup fan not a fan he may have been on vacation in 16 then <laughs> he might have had like a day off yeah actually right. yeah right uh hey do you hear god called in sick you know what we got to get the cubs to win the world series right now <laughs> he is never gonna let that through i must say during the dark years yeah and there you know basically my whole life <laughs> right there were many times when i would think to myself you know, maybe he's a Cardinals fan. Right. And there's yeah. or a Yankees fan. Right? I think he's probably, he's a, probably Yankee. a Yankee. He's fan. a Patriots fan, a Yankees fan. Yeah. Um right. So so that's the sad story there. Um I've got uh, time for a new feature which uh actually is not a new feature but a, a new g- it's a new twist on an old feature. Ooh. Would you like to hear this? Okay. All right, here we go. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is just one bad century with Rick and Dave. I'm going to start something. During today's uh, just one bad century, okay. you're um, going rogue. I, I'm going to pen something okay. that I think should be adopted by Cubs Nation. Okay, all right. Uh, so I wrote a book. It's called Every Cub Ever. <laughs> we know you've written this fucking book, and it's doing great. And you can get it at everycubever.com. And all I'm hearing about is yeah. your book. Yeah. Well, you know, that's it, true. It's everycubever.com. <laughs> uh, but, you know, one of the Cubs in history is named Big Jeff Pfeffer. Okay. Now, I love Big Jeff Pfeffer. Like he pitched for the Cubs in 1905 and 1910. U of I guy. Okay, sure. Uh, during a time when very few players were uh, college boys, uh, the downstate native got his crack at the big leagues after he graduated the year before the Cubs set the record for most wins in a season. So he was part of the team just before they got great okay. and then came in just after they were okay. great. Right? So, you know, his timing wasn't great. Um, unfortunately for Jeff, he left the best uh, team in baseball to pitch for the worst. He mm-hmm. went to the Boston Braves and returned for their last season. Now, here's the thing. His name is Jeff Pfeffer, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like history has been unkind to Jeff Pfeffer because he, of all the players that ever played for the Cubs, is a man that should have his own tongue twister. Okay, I could see Pfeffer. Sure. Pfeffer. Sure, sure, sure. Pfeffer. Jeff Pfeffer. Okay. okay. All right. And so I have written one, and I want this to be spread nationwide. Okay. I Can want we make everyone, it a t-shirt maybe? Or, I think or, so. You ready? Jeff Pfeffer's Heifer Heather left a leather sweater. <laughs> Jeff Pfeffer's Heifer Heather left a leather sweater. Okay. All right. So, everyone? Okay. <laughs> Jeff Pfeffer's Jeff Pfeffer's Heather left a leather sweater. Okay. And so you're going to do a new Cub Limerick every week? Uh, no, I'm doing this one. Okay. <laughs> and it's catching on. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, and then once it catches on, yeah, okay. I will come back with a second okay. Cubs limerick. Okay. But I, I'm not gonna. I'm not wasting my time until Cubs Nation comes in, along and takes this to the next level. Okay, so you're like McCartney and Lennon doing a bar mitzvah right now. <laughs> exactly. Is that kind of what it is? It's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. It's they're pretty good, right? Yeah. Those lads from Liverpool are pretty good. Jeff Pfeffers. Heifer Heather left a leather sweater. Now, are you calling his wife fat? Uh, no, he has a heifer. <laughs> so he has an actual He's a cow. Heifer. He has a cow. Okay. It's 1907. Okay, right. sure. All right. All right. All right. All right. He's got a cow. 
and he named it Heather. Who doesn't? And of course, when you kill the cow, you make leather. Leather. You make a yeah, or, swe- and, or a sweater. Or a sweater. <laughs> it's a, in this case, it's a leather sweater. I mean, this is like a. And he left the leather sweater. So Jeff Pfeffers, Pfeffer <laughs> Heather, left a leather okay, sweater. Okay. All right. All right, thank you. And that's in the book, by the way, everycubever.com. <laughs> oh, for the love of God. <laughs> a random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand in the Costco jar, pulls out a name of a celebrity, and I have to tell the story of uh, having met that celebrity. Uh, Chicago native Dennis DeYoung from Styx. Okay. I, have, I think I've met him. I'm sure I've probably met probably. him. Probably. I think everybody in Chicago has <laughs> yeah. met Dennis DeYoung. So maybe this isn't great. But I did a whole show with him once, uh, a four-and-a-half-hour radio show right. with Rick Hogan. Okay, sure. And Dennis DeYoung. The three of us did the show. And, and it was I think it was Rick Hogan's first show ever doing radio. Cause really? Because this is how far back this goes. Because Rick Hogan was a writer. He was a writer for columnist. the Tribune. He right. now has his own show right. on WGN, and I've been on it. And he's, and he, and he's he, spectacular. He's great. Right. And he's been very good to us mm-hmm. at Eckhart's Press. Uh, but he is actually friends with Dennis DeYoung. Of course, Rick Hogan is friends with anyone right. who's ever lived in Chicago. Right. He's another guy that he's is. Mr. He's Chicago. Right. Right. We should have him on the show. Oh beautiful that'd be great and, well let's let's do that okay let's have him on the show anyway uh dennis the young uh had just come out with the song show me the way remember that song don't sing it yeah i can't sing it but yeah. you know it was a hit okay it was his first solo hit and we talked about uh the uh uh, the breakup of Sticks at that time, uh, there was a lot of bad mm-hmm. blood. Sticks was actually touring without him. Right. <laughs> you know. Think about that. You, you, it's your band. Yeah, you then, created it. You get fired, and they're still yeah. under your name. Um, but anyway, four and a half hours is a long time mm-hmm. to do a show, so you kind of get to know somebody. And Dennis DeYoung is like one of the funniest people I've really? ever met. He, he's just let's get him on the show too okay yeah i have his number he, he's just hilarious uh, he he does voices he does impersonations he's he's just uh you know yeah, a funny a guy. guy good sticky until until it's time for you to set up his uh piano which i had to do oh ooh, and we know from your past now, right that if you listen not. to the show <laughs> you know that i may not be the most technically Leah, gifted person in the world. Not a, yeah. <laughs> and i was the producer and the board operator for the show so it was uh, it fell to me to do right, this right and first of all i didn't ask him what kind of piano he wanted uh he's very specific so you yeah. he didn't bring his own piano no no so you had, I, I was uh, like hey we haven't dennis de young on he's a right, keyboard right. guy I'll get him. Right. A, I'll know. go get a Yamaha. I'll get a Radio Shack. That's kind of what I did. <laughs> okay. And he looked at me like, I'm not going to play that. That's, yeah. you know, that's a, a clean, right. it's not a cling hofer gobble gobble doof <laughs> yeah. 274. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I said, well, this is what, what we I got. Have. Yeah. Uh, he goes, <sighs> you know, and, and then he's, then, you know, the, the tone kind of changed. So he starts getting cranky. A little cranky. And then I said, uh, you know, uh, well, let's just try it, just yeah. play it. And so off the air, he played it a little bit, and he's yeah. like, "Yeah, you know, I don't like the action of the keys, yeah, but yeah, you know, yeah. I can do, uh, I yeah. can do like come so wait, sail away or yeah, something." Yeah, yeah, yeah. We go back on the air, um, and I realized that when I plugged it into, this is very technical, yeah. all right. The the pot that I plugged it into um, 
feed it would feedback. Okay. There would be feedback because I was actually put, potting up what he was supposedly playing on. It's very technical. Right. You and goofed up. I totally <laughs> screwed up, yeah. and I realized it instantaneously. Yeah. Like while it was happening, we we go on the air. Uh, he's about to play, and I say, "You know what? Okay. <laughs> let's not let's not play it. Let's not play the song." Really? Yeah. And and he says, "Why?" I said, "You know, I feel bad. It got you the wrong piano." Okay. This is uh, on the air. On the yeah, air. Right. And and, he, and then he, you know, made a joke yeah. about the piano sucking, right, you know, yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. And 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 he was kind of relieved not to play it. He yeah. goes, "All right. Then I won't play it." But the only reason because I you said had, that is because up. I had screwed up. Right. And I and I've never admitted this to anyone until this moment, but that's why I did that. No. So I want to apologize to the AM1000 listeners out there because <laughs> you could have heard, you heard a, a Come Sail Away The live, best version ever. And, been, and because of me, you're, you're it in. didn't happen. Well, let's yeah, shoot an email or a call Dennis DeYoung and yeah. we can talk about that story. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to tell him. He'll get mad at me. Well, he, you know he's listening. <laughs> Come on. Jeff Pfeffer's Heffer Heather left a leather sweater. <laughs> All right. We have an actual uh, celebrity on the line. That's here, blink. So he's blinking. Yes. He's blinking. Let's go uh, bring him on right now. Here's the uh, audio. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. Okay, joining us on the phone, Dave. Uh, people may not know Paul by his name, right. uh, Paul Calderon, but if you've seen the movie Pulp Fiction, you've seen him. He's in a scene with uh, some big stars, Bruce Willis, John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson. Maybe you've heard of him. Paul is the bartender. He's the guy who's like, my man from Amsterdam. Yeah. He ticks off Travolta by asking him about uh, his upcoming date with the boss's wife. You know that scene, right? Paul, tell us about doing that scene, what that was like. Take us back to uh, this was really before Travolta uh, made his comeback. That movie was his comeback, right? That was his comeback, yeah. That was his comeback. And, you know, Travolta is really, really shy in person. He's kind of like very introverted. Uh, a lot of people may not know that, yeah. but... Uh, Anyway, I'm hearing some sounds out the window. I'm up here on the 12th, 11th floor above Brooklyn High Rise. and hmm. uh, Everything all right? So, yeah, okay. <laughs> Close the window. <laughs> yeah, right. You don't have to jump out or anything. There's no fire yeah, or anything. I'm going to shut the window here. The interview's not the that bad. <laughs> right, exactly. yeah, bail us out. <laughs> yeah, the noon bells are ringing from the uh, church across the way. I don't know if you hear them. No, actually, we don't. So you're in Brooklyn? Is that what you just said? No, where are you? Yeah, that's where I live. Okay. And I'm shutting the window right now. Hold on a second. Hey, no problem. We're actually taking okay. you literally inside Paul's <laughs> home right now. <laughs> what kind of window is it, Paul? Is it a is it a double pane? Is it what a kind of Are we talking? Uh, <laughs> it's um, it's I don't know. I some window. It's just a window. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, with you know, with uh, with Travolta, you know, when uh, Quentin introduced me to him and uh, Uma Thurman, uh, I just noticed how shy hmm. uh, Travolta is and. But he was a nice guy, you know. He's very, um, very giving, and we did that scene, and I think we did the other scene, walking down the other corridor. Right, she, the boxing. Yeah, under yeah, yeah. But it was it was great, you know. Um, I remember my first day on the set. Uh, Quentin said, "Ah, oh, you just missed him," and I said, "Who?" He said. Sonny Chiba. <laughs> oh, really? 
Whoa. I said, uh, shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I really wanted to meet Sonny Chiba because, you know, I grew up with uh, Sonny Chiba. It was right on the heels of uh, Bruce Lee. And uh-huh. uh, he said, yeah, he was just here. He was on set. And uh, he was excited as all hell, Quentin was, you know. And uh, so anyway... Uh, Quentin is like that, isn't he? He's, it, like, he's like a he's like, like a, a little, big kid. Yeah, he's like a big kid, right? I mean, it's, exactly. He's very you know he just gets excited about movies yeah. and and icons and you know we would talk movies and movies and movies because you know I consider myself a movie buff uh-huh. and but he's I mean he's like oh he's way beyond a movie buff. He's like a, a professor. Yeah. yeah, he's like a savant. And you and you really yes. hit it you really hit it off with him with your initial audition. In fact, I read you were considered to be the to, to do the role of Jules, right? Wasn't that wasn't that? Yeah, that that, that will always that will always um I, I don't want to say haunt that will always be yeah, yeah, but you were you you were considered yeah, you know, I came in and I so I think it was a Saturday afternoon in Tribeca, and I was asked to audition, and I went in, and uh, Lawrence was named Bender, the producer was there, and Quentin was there, and, you know, and Quentin, Quentin said, hey, you know, I got this role for you, you know, the bartender, and uh, but uh, would you mind reading... Um, uh, Jules. And I said, yeah, sure. And <laughs> but you know, uh, I knew Fishburne really, really well, and it, it just—I um, had worked with uh, Fishburne a few times, mm-hmm. and I knew that those were his rhythms. So I just said, okay, I'll just do uh, Fishburne's rhythms, and mm-hmm. supposedly um, they asked me to come back in the next day on a Sunday, and I came in next. Sunday and and then another month went by and then they asked me to fly out to uh, L.A. <laughs> Culver City Studios on another weekend I think a Sunday and it was just going to be um, I went in first and then Sam came in second and you know Sam got it I didn't <laughs> and yeah, that's it you know that's cool that's cool. Now, so I did that, I did that split my wrist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. You kind of knew. You kind of knew. Yeah, you know. yeah. If well, you're gonna lose to somebody, that's a pretty good, pretty one, good one to lose to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, people also know you from Boardwalk Empire, which is what was one of my favorite shows. You had a big part on that show. You played Nucky's bodyguard in Cuba. Uh, Arguemendes, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, well, it's our. Archimedes. Archimedes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but you were a man of few words on that show. You didn't talk much. But anyone that saw it, you were the guy who would cut off the ear of the people that you murdered. <laughs> that was not very nice, Paul. Why'd you do that? Uh, you know, they, they, they asked me to audition for that role. And um, I went in and I had a lot to say in the audition. Meaning, there was a lot of lines, you know. So I said, "Oh man, this is going to be such a cool character." Yeah, um, you know, I'm going to be 
talking a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> then all of a sudden, every time I would show up on set, they would say, just stand there. <laughs> <laughs> or just sit on that stool. And uh, it was a challenge because, you know, you have to stay uh, present uh, moment by moment by moment. Yeah. And not uh, space out and start thinking about what you're going to have for dinner later that day or, you know, what movie you're going to watch on <laughs> right. Netflix. So you have to stay present. And that was, uh, that was a challenge. And I had a good friend who... Uh, his name was Richard Bright, and he was the bodyguard in Godfather 1, 2, and 3, and he was also one of the henchmen in Marathon Man. Okay. And his roles, he I think he had maybe three lines in the four <laughs> movies combined. But he but was in it a lot. They he, just didn't he talk. Was present. Yeah. He was present. He was yeah. present. Richard was a terrific actor. So I said, hey, listen, if it was good enough for uh, Richard... Yeah. It'll be good enough to me. You know, the, the hard part about it is also acting just with your face, right? I mean, you have to express uh, thoughts and, and ideas without saying anything. Yeah, well, basically, you know, it's the, what I call it, uh, you're, we're constantly commenting as human beings. We're commenting on this, commenting on that. Um, other people call it interior monologue, uh, but I, co- I just call it, I'm commenting on okay. what is occurring. I'm commenting on what I'm hearing. I'm commenting on what I'm seeing and so forth and so on, as opposed to tuning out and thinking about something completely different than what is happening right here, right now. Oh, that's cool. You know, my I, I one of my sons was thinking about going into acting. Um, he had an acting class. And I showed him the opening scene of uh, Perry Mason. Because every in, in the opening credits of Perry Mason, they would just show Perry, you know, with the music coming on. And the, the camera would go up to him. And you'd see him, you know, nodding and then looking. And then, you know, his eyes dart back and forth. And then he smiles. And, like, I got him. You know, and he, he did this all. He does it all in, like, a... You know, 10-second shot, but he says so much. And that's really what you did on that show. Well, thank you. Thank you. You know, you've had, you know, your IMBD page is, 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 you've had hundreds, I mean, literally hundreds of credits in television and film. You know, you've been on The Walking Dead and, and, and Madam Secretary, but do you have a favorite character that you played on TV that there's one that you just, you know, really fondly remember? Yeah, wow. Uh, on an episodic or... You know, just... Guess, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah, you know what? Um, there was one that I played Miami Vice back in 89 with a young Benicio Del Toro. Uh, Benicio was like 19. And um, that was a really fun character for me because uh, the director, Richard Compton, uh, he didn't say a word. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he would just re- uh, let the camera roll, and I was—I had a blast um, working on that with uh, with the director. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was playing the bad guy, and um, I just had a lot of fun with that. Do you remember the name of the character? Yeah, Don Gallego. Oh. <laughs> Don, you know, Don, Don means like, uh, you know, like a godfather. Yeah. I, I was playing Don Corleone. A uh, drug dealer. Yeah, exactly. So are you, you're a, a Puerto Rican descent originally? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, 
I look at your list of roles, and you have played a lot of bad guys, a lot of criminals. Right. You know, hopefully. Does, yeah, yeah. Does, I mean, how how do you feel about that? I mean, is, is, do you think Hollywood does not have enough good guy roles for Puerto Ricans? Is, or I mean, how, what's your thoughts on that? What What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I that's what I think. But uh, you know, how do you feel having to always play the bad guys? Yeah, well, you know, um, it's. Uh, you know, lately, I think on uh, Bosch, I've been playing a detective. Uh, before that, it was um, um, Fear the Walking Dead. I was playing, I wasn't playing the bad guy. Then uh, before that, it was, what the hell? Yeah, my boardwalk, I was playing the bad guy. But before that, it was Madam Secretary, did not play the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But then on um, the hell is that TV show with uh, James Spader? Uh, black is it the blacklist? Yeah, the blacklist. Yeah, they had me play uh, a blind bad guy. <laughs> I would pull out my prosthetic eyes and just torture people. In oh prison. wow! Like, but you know, but you know, that's a, that sounds like a fun one, though. <laughs> oh, that was that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Uh, but you know what? If the bad guy is fun and the good guy is dull. I'd rather play the bad guy. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Right, exactly. Um, you know, we mentioned you're, you know, from Puerto Rico. Do you have family still in Puerto Rico? And if you do, how are they? How are uh, things going down there since the you know, horrible hurricane? Uh, yeah, it's you know, it's still uh, it's still pretty bad down there. I have family on my mother's side. Um, they live up in the mountains. They were hit, you know, pretty hard by by the storm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, and I have a good friend who moved from New York back to Puerto Rico and then things got so bad that he moved from Puerto Rico to Miami. Yeah. yeah. So that's, um, I think that sets it all, you know, it's just well, a we, struggle down there. We wish your family well and yes. health to everybody in Puerto Rico. And They have paper towels. I saw the video. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Enough paper towels. <laughs> right, you know, and, and let's be honest, Donald Trump, he had a pretty good arm. I mean, he was, he was hitting those receivers with the paper, with the paper towels. Yes, but, you did. Yes, well, you did. Paul, we want to thank you for being on the show. It's it really been fun been talking great. to you. Thank um, you for your time. And, and we wish you the best in the future. And uh, and thanks again for being on right. with us. And don't cut my ear off if, you, if we ever see <laughs> each I other won't, somewhere. I won't, I won't. Or pop your eyes out and torture <laughs> us. You're kind of creeping me out a little bit, Paul. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Listen, thank you, guys. All right. All right. Enjoy, um, enjoy the rest of the summer. Yeah, thanks, thanks You too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right. Be well. Bye bye. Very nice. My God. What? And that dude has a radio voice. Yeah. Man. Oh my God. He's yeah. got a better radio voice than he you. He does. You two yeah. should just. In fact, you're going to call him after I leave, right? And just you guys are just going to talk. Yeah, you're just yes. going to read like the preamble. Yeah, that's right. I want to hear him say Jeff Pfeffer's heifer Heather <laughs> left a leather sweater because it'll sound even cooler with him. If you'd like to know more about Rick and Dave, you can check us out at EckhartsPress.com. Also. ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. You can email us at minutiamenpodcast at gmail.com. But you're probably not going to get through because we're getting so many emails. Oh, <laughs> the server, oh. the servers are just completely flooded. Broken. Uh, we have been produced by Tony Lasano of OpiShows.com. Opi, by the way, O P P I H Shows.com. We do, we're distributed by Ed Silla. Yes, we are. On the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. For other great shows, visit radiomisfits.com. Okay. We'll be back next week for another episode of... Minutia Men, uh, right here on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. (laughs) 
The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? If you like Back to You with me, Howard Sudbury, and Steve Basterville, check us out on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And this week, we had a chance to talk to the coach, Steve. Not only do we find out how he's feeling now, what he's been doing, we find out what he had for lunch, too. And Steve Basterville tells an interesting story in which he tells the punchline at the beginning of the story. Are you glad I threw that in? Thank you very much. And we also find out why we've been away for a while. That's exactly right. Right. Back to you with Howard and Steve. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. If you missed Los Ano or Los Los Ano and friends, here's what you missed. Edsilla, the president is here, the guy that's in charge of the whole network. So we have to be good, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so far. So what's going on with the network? Anything exciting? We have a, a thousand shows. I mean, there's a lot of them. We have a lot of shows. Already stuck from Artie Lang right on down. Yeah, yeah. Name the worst show on the network. Go ahead. <laughs> say it to his face. Just say it. Say it to his face. Yeah. No, no I, 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 would, I dare anyone to find a bad show. There, all... there is not a show on this network that yeah. I'm not proud of. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Aww. Yeah. Uh, Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It's just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Radio Misfits. Get more. Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lozano or whatever it's called. Hey, coming soon to the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and Friends, starring me, Tommy. And me, Kimmy. And me, Sam. Come meet your new best friends. <laughs> hey, if you want to listen to our show, this is what it sounds like exactly. It's all about those conversations you can only have with your true friends. So come meet your new friends, Tommy. Kimmy. Sam. Right here with and friends. Me want you as friends. Radiomisfits.com. So, Lou, what's the deal with horsepower? I mean, we don't use horses anymore. Well, we like horses, and that's how it started, so these are our new ponies. At least we're living in the golden age of horsepower and doing our best to enjoy it like we do on the Car Guys Report and Formed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon. I'm Lou Costable. Join us for the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. You really think you can feed like 700 horses, Mark?